The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with him when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Occasionally during a funeral sermon, I like to take a moment to explain who I am. Especially if it's a crowd of folks who don't know me, I find it helpful to acknowledge the fact that I don't have much claim on them. Listening to me, I say, may be a lot like getting some generic sympathy card from a stranger. There is, of course, the potential for a nice spot, but we know where it's going in the end, the garbage bin. This does make some folks uncomfortable as they wonder how I knew that they had such low expectations for me, but the fact is, I get it. Who am I, after all? A nobody, really. As far as anybody can tell, I am just the first guy in a white collar to pick up the phone when the funeral home rang. I may as well be a rent-a-pastor, the kind you get in Vegas when you're eloping, and soon probably to be replaced by a robot. And so when you hear me say, peace be with you, it is as useful to you as reading some meme on Facebook about peace. That's what you expect. That's all that meets the eye. When you see me, you see a nobody. I want to make that clear to the unfamiliar folks at a funeral 
because I want them to know that I have no illusions about this. We're actually on the same page. I am a nobody. I'm not trying to be somebody. If what you expect from a sermon is sage advice or thoughtful sentiments or timeless prose, you will be disappointed. Not just because I'm not going to deliver, but more importantly because those things cannot give you peace. A beautiful, well-crafted, moving piece of oratory cannot give you peace. A hip, clever, engaging message from someone with amazing hair cannot give you peace. But there is some use in listening to me, beyond the possibility that I might say something nice or memorable or sentimental. To know what exactly that use is, you have to pay close attention to our gospel lesson this morning. Jesus, unlike me, was a somebody. At least a wise man and a teacher, but held by most to be a prophet, even the king of Israel. And according to the centurion at the foot of the cross, he was nothing less than the Son of God. He was somebody. Somebody worth listening to, somebody with authority, somebody who promised peace and light and life. But as of Good Friday, Jesus is also, by all accounts, now a dead somebody. And that is frankly worse than being a nobody. How can he give peace who has been brought to nothing by violence? How can he give light and life who is now entombed in darkness and death? And so as the disciples are huddled together behind a locked door, what they had seen with their eyes, their teacher dead, it now called into question everything that he had ever spoken to them. Like when Jesus said to them in John 14, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Of course, that sounded pretty good at the time, especially spoken by someone like Jesus, but again, he's dead now, and his words feel trite and vain, and the disciples have no peace. They are instead both troubled and afraid. Mary Magdalene, who had seen the Lord, told them what she saw, but she was just one witness, easily denied because you always need at least two. And more importantly, there was no body. Without a body, without Jesus himself, there can be no peace. And so when Jesus enters the room with the disciples, he doesn't waste any time. He gives them exactly what they need. He gives them peace. He speaks to them, and he shows them his hands and his side. And in doing so, he makes clear that he is not just the somebody he was before. He is no longer speaking with the authority of a prophet or a king or even simply the authority of the Son of God. He is now speaking to them with the authority of someone who has defeated death. He is speaking as one who has suffered everything, and even the end of everything, death itself. He is speaking as one who didn't just survive the grave, leaving it just as he entered it like Lazarus. 
he left the grave, having sealed it forever. The body that he shows to his disciples is the same body that was crushed by death, and in being crushed, exhausted death's power, overthrowing it as his father reached into the grave and pulled him out. We cannot comprehend what such a body is like. We only know bodies that die and decay and return to dust. But there, standing before the disciples, is the body that has reduced death to slumber. The body that Jesus showed to his disciples gives unspeakable authority to his words of peace. And that, of course, is the very same body that comes to our altar. And this is why it is so important that we confess the body and blood in the Eucharist, that we insist that it is nothing less than the very same body and blood that were held in the arms of Mary and laid in the manger, that were crucified and buried in the tomb, that were risen from the grave and appeared to the disciples. Bread and wine cannot give you peace. But Jesus' body and blood which have been to hell and back again, they are overflowing with peace. In the very same way, some guy in a white collar standing in a pulpit cannot give you any more peace than bread and wine. In fact, probably less. This is why it is so important that we also confess that pastors do not speak from their own authority. You should not listen to me because I am clever or funny or persuasive. Those things cannot give you peace. But Jesus, who is not satisfied to give you anything less than all of himself, who has given you his body and blood in the Eucharist, he also gives you his voice through your pastors. This is what is happening when he breathes on the disciples. He is giving his voice to the shepherds of his church as he sends them to speak with his authority. If you ever wonder why it is that you should listen to your pastors, it is because when we say what Jesus says, it is Jesus himself who is speaking to you. Jesus, whose word of peace could not be silenced even by death. Although you have not seen him, blessed are you, just as he said, because you have heard him. For folks who show up at a funeral with low expectations, this may seem like a bigger claim than they can handle. I'm asking them to go from thinking of me as a Hallmark card to thinking of me as Jesus himself. That is a lot to ask. Many people don't even want Jesus at a funeral. They just want some nice memories. But this, of course, is entirely in the character of Jesus. To go where he is uninvited, to enter through locked doors, to meet the skeptics and the terrified, and to give to all of us what we never knew we needed. A peace that passes all understanding, a peace that the world cannot give, and a peace that is stronger even than death. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.